Welcome to the A to Z of sex with me, Dr. Lori Beth. I'm an intimacy coach and psychologist. I created this show to explore the erotic alphabet, to help you learn more about desire and expressing your desires, discover ways to spice up your relationship and create that sizzling relationship you've always wanted. I do this through solid science, real life stories, and interviews with an exciting variety of sex experts. Listen in weekly as I share key strategies to help you create your ideal sexual life. Make sure you join us to access even more sexual strategies on my blog, A to Z of Sex. Access our monthly newsletter with subscriber only offers at www.atozofsex.com. That's A T O Z O F S E X. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the A to Z of Sex. I'm Dr. Lori Beth, an intimacy coach and psychologist, and I am your host. We're working our way through the erotic alphabet, one letter at a time. Today's letter is C, and C is for cunnilingus. For those of you who don't know, cunnilingus is when you use your mouth and tongue to pleasure your lover's pussy. So it's oral sex on the woman. If you're expert at cunnilingus, you are guaranteed to please your lover. And in fact, if people find out and you're single, you're guaranteed to be popular. Joining me today is Dana Sanders. She's a professional astrologer and an unofficial student of alternative lifestyles and subcultures. Identifying as a queer femme of color, she brings unique perspective into many areas and enjoys diving deep into largely untapped areas like sexuality and astrology. Welcome, Dana. Hello, thank you for having me. My pleasure. So to get the ball rolling, what do you think is um, important to understand about cunnilingus? For me, one of the most important things to understand about cunnilingus is it is an extremely intimate way to give pleasure to your partner who has a vagina. And there's not necessarily one specific way to do that. Yes. I mean, one of the things that I, I think myself is that it is one of the most intimate ways to bring pleasure. And I'm not sure yeah. why that is. Why, well, why? for me, yeah, I'm sorry for for me, it's about uh, just in my head, you know, really weird. When I have a partner going down on me, it's I get to see them in a place that they may feel that they're vulnerable in. And I also feel vulnerable as well because this is, you know, my sex organ that's kind of just open and mm -hmm. it's open like a flower right in front of them. And they get to do with it as they will within reason. So it's it's. It's, it's something that's very vulnerable for the both of us, at least in my mind. So that's what makes it very intimate for me. That makes sense to me. Um, and I also think that, it, it, interestingly, when I've spoken with men, that um, they don't necessarily consider a blowjob as um, intimate a thing, although it is equally as vulnerable. If you talk to them about it, they will talk about it being equally as vulnerable. Um, it, th for some reason... Uh, cunnilingus just seems to be a, a more intimate act. And I'm not sure 
if that is just because of the level of vulnerability or if it's the up closeness, what are the things that you find a turnoff if either you're um, giving cunnilingus or you're receiving it? What are the things that you would find a turnoff? Uh, well, if I'm giving cunnilingus, uh, 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 unhe- like just a ridiculously dirty vagina will turn me off instantly. <laughs> um, that's definitely the first. Um, and personally, for me, someone who there, there's a difference between being shy and uncertain, and then there's a difference between being just really unbelievably unsure mm-hmm. about if I'm enjoying myself while I'm giving you pleasure. There are plenty of us who enjoy giving cunnilingus and she consistently questioned me as I'm down there eating at the buffet. Uh, it takes a lot of the pleasure out of it for me. And so somebody who's saying, you know, are you okay? Is this okay? Are you sure this is okay with you? Are you sure you're enjoying yourself? Kind of breaks your stride, doesn't it? Yeah, it's like your mom told you when you were growing up to don't talk with your mouth full. Right. Um, I'd rather <laughs> just concentrate on what I'm doing. Exactly. I think um, for me that, I mean, obviously, dirty vaginas are definitely a turnoff. And I, when I say dirty, for me, it's not like sweaty. You know, if you've been out and doing sports and it's somebody's natural um, juices and scents from like the last hour, that's one thing. If it's two days worth of having showered, that's going to obviously be another. Um, and yeah. that would be definitely a turnoff for me. Also, I think... Um, and this one's a harder one. There is a sense of connection when you're doing this. And there are people who find it so difficult to be that vulnerable that they'll they'll really pull back into themselves. And there's a sense that they're not there. You know, you could almost see the woman yeah. doing her nails while you're doing this. <laughs> and I, I, I feel bad because I've been in that position where... I've had that thing where I just couldn't shut my mind off. And I'm thinking mm-hmm. about, did I lock the door? Did I turn off the oven? This, that, and the third. And just not being able to kind of really settle into the actual moment mm-hmm. and, and enjoying what someone is willing to do for me and to me. So I can definitely understand how that is just, it, it sucks. It does, but it's also really interesting because I think people don't think about that a lot, that that in order to really engage in good sex, and this is good sex of any kind, that you've got to be able to kind of turn off that inner dialogue. And I think that's very difficult for many people to do, to actually just be in the moment and settle into the act. Yeah, I've had to work that's 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 it's kind of like a muscle that I've had to work on throughout mm-hmm. the years. The older I've gotten, the more I've had to focus and really work that muscle of stay in the moment, stay in the moment. Whatever is happening right now, whatever's happening outside of this moment right now, it's not that important. Um, to 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 focus on that connection that I'm trying to make with my partner, that is what's most important right now in this moment. Mm-hmm. What do you think are some of your best turn-ons when it comes to cunnilingus? Um, Wow. Well, for me, I love the, oh gosh, I love the moaning. 
I love to hear the sound of someone's face just shoved into my vagina and like, like I said, you can't talk with your mouthful. So you hear like, I love that. <laughs> it's not just the auditory piece of it, you know, just hearing their pleasure. They want to talk about it, but they can't pull their mouth away from your pussy. And it's also, you know, the actual like tactile feeling of the vibrations mm-hmm. as they're moaning and, and talking into my vagina. Like that's one of my biggest turn ons. Like just, just don't talk to me. Talk to my pussy. <laughs> that's great. What else do you like? Oh gosh, I I, I love tongue. I love it when uh, my partners don't focus solely on my clit. Mm-hmm. There, there's a there's a whole beautiful area down there. I love it for both of my lips to be to licked and cussed, uh, ooh, licked and sucked and kissed and you know all of that. I love that. I love it when someone knows enough or feels confident enough to move away from the clip because it also signals to me that it's not just about let me hurry up and get it over with really quick. Right. So that's the difference between somebody who you can feel actually is really enjoying this act and savoring it and somebody who knows that it's a good thing to do, but they're waiting to get to the main event. Yes. And that's something that's always really interesting to me because I think um, certainly when it comes to sex with men, it's more likely to be a means to an end. Although I say that knowing that um, that's definitely not the case with my husband. And it's certainly definitely not the case with quite a few men that I know, but I'm quite privileged to know men who actually really enjoy doing this, but that it's often this kind of idea that this is a means to an end. And so I'm going to do this to get you turned on. And then there's going to be penetrative sex of some type. Yeah, like I, I, I'm lucky as well. I married an awesome man who loves to give cunnilingus, and I, like I, I thank you, goddess, thank you. Um, <laughs> uh, I, and I definitely have gone through that whole piece where they, it's just a means to an end, or even something that uh, some men have been taught for a long time that it's not something that men do. So yes. they don't even take the time to, 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 to really learn what they're good at because everybody isn't necessarily good at sucking, uh, but you might be better at licking. So they don't even take the time to learn what they're good at. And for me, I, like, I view it as a form of worship. Mm-hmm. Just the same, the same way as I worship when I'm giving fellatio, yep. I want someone to worship at my, you know, to worship at my, at my apex. I want someone to worship at my throne, like fall to your knees and worship at my throne. And to give that sort of reverence to it. You can't just, you know, A, B, C, one, two, three, I'm done. Yeah. 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 No. And, and, and there is that, there is that for me as well. I mean, the idea is, is, is to worship through the act and, and that does take time and it takes patience, but I know that there are quite a few people who've been taught that this is nasty and dirty and horrible and that women taste bad and, you know, all the things that we hear. Um, and so I've known in my life, quite a few men who say, I don't do that. I don't eat pussy. Real men (laughs) don't eat pussy. And 
it's it's not true. I mean, I think real men do eat pussy. If they're smart, they learn to do it well because <laughs> women appreciate them doing it well. But also, I mean, I think for me, it's 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 something I enjoy doing. Um, and I love women and I love worshiping in that way and having learned to take my time and all the different techniques that you can use. I really appreciate that much more somebody who takes their time now. I think before I'd actually done that, I didn't appreciate it as much. Oh yeah. Like eating, eating pussy myself has definitely kind of changed up how I feel about the act for, Mm -hmm. for me. Um, I, I had gone through periods and points in my life where I had an ex and he was, you know, he was one of those guys who, you know, was taught to never, you know, men don't do that. And I had to walk him through it. But then going through it myself with my first vagina, which was heavenly, um, just going through that process and understanding what it's like to be on the other end, trying to, you know, breathe and lick at the same time or trying mm-hmm. to get to that one not sure if they like fingers or not you know it puts a different spin on it so I feel a little I feel like I got something from both sides of it just just learning how to do it and how how to receive it so that I feel like I enjoy it much more now because I've been on both sides yeah and of course unfortunately in this day and age one of the things we do have to think about is is um, transmission of disease um, which yes. is is not at all sexy to talk about but is incredibly important um have you had experience of using dental dams and 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 their substitutes? Like I know quite a few people use, we call it cling film over here, but it's saran wrap in the States. Yes, I have used dental dam. Uh, thank goodness this was at the time when people were still giving it up for free. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I, I used dental dam and I actually used it on someone else. I still have yet to have it used on me. So I guess that should be on my list of things to do. Um, but I found it was still very enjoyable for me to, to kind of get in there. And the person who was receiving it, she still enjoyed it. She's, you know, she still enjoyed the process of it, um, making sure that I had a big enough piece to kind of cover all her bits and pieces. Yep. So that you, um, you could move around and you were already confined. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. That, that was important to me because I typically, you know, I'm not going to say every single time I engage in any type of sexual activity, I do find out someone's status. Mm -hmm. Uh, I try to as much as I can. Sometimes I'm human. I get caught up in the moment. But the idea that using dental dam or saran wrap, cling wrap is unsexy. Like I've known people who have said that they cut up a uh, latex glove in the heat of the moment because that's all that they had. And finding a way to make it sexy so that you don't have to take, you know, so like you don't lose anything. That was, that was, it taught me something very important. Actually, it was a whole lot sexier than using, uh, you know, the whole mouth to condom to penis act. That was to, for me, it right. was a lot sexier. Right. I mean, I think it's important. I, I, thanks for being honest, because I think so often people aren't, you know, either they are of the group who never remembers to ask and who never does talk about safe sex and who are misinformed, and there are quite a few people. But, you know, those of us who are informed, oftentimes people don't admit that there are times where they don't check um, if they have more than one partner. And and there are acts. I've found that I think people are much more likely to um, have 
unprotected oral sex than any other kind of sex. Yeah. Yeah, and I I think it stems a lot from the fact that even in some places we're still taught that oral sex isn't really sex. Mm -hmm. So people don't think to ask or figure anything out and then you're stuck with, you know, when you finally do go to the doctor, you found out that you had a disease and it's like, well, how did I get that? I didn't do anything. Yes, you did. It's still sex. It's still sex. It's still contact of a sexual nature. Um, and just being honest and really talking about it, honestly, and then talking about the fact that, you know, every disease isn't, you know, it isn't the end of the world. Yeah, and that's something else that people don't talk about. Like, there are diseases that really, um, okay, there are diseases that kill you. There are diseases that really hamper your lives, life, and there are other diseases that that are not really a big deal in the sense that they don't um, create lasting effects. Um, But they're all stigmatized. Every single one is stigmatized. Like I I know people, especially, especially when you think of cunnilingus that are super scared to even talk about the fact that they have a yeast infection that day or, you know, bacterial vaginosis. Right. And we, we, we look at it as, Oh my gosh, it's the worst thing ever. And it's like, I would rather you tell me this before I go down there because, you know, oral sex can make it worse. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then you can also catch things orally and then you've got a bigger chance of them becoming systemic. I mean, there's all kinds of issues. But I think what what amazes me is that even in 2016, even with all the education that's been out there, people don't know how to talk about this. I'm just we're still prudes. Like, well, not us <laughs> particularly, but I think in a large scale society wise, we're still prudes and we're still scared. I think to a degree you're right. I mean, I think there's still not a lot of information, accessible information about sex out there. And while there is a lot of information in written form on the internet or in videos, um, there isn't, there aren't a lot of places that people know that they can easily go to talk to people. So I do think that also makes it a bit more difficult because um, sitting down and having a conversation also often makes it far easier. Yeah. And it, and it helps to take away the stigma of not being able to say, you know, feeling bad because someone's talking about this particular disease, bacterial vaginosis, HPV, and there's someone there that's saying, I've dealt with that or I have that. Mm-hmm. It kind of takes away from the whole, oh my goodness, like it's this, it's this nameless thing that's in the ether waiting to cut you down short in life. Yep. Yeah. No, I agree. Um, uh, so every show I take questions in advance. Um, sometimes I don't get any good ones, but this time I actually got a couple of good ones. So I want to see what your answer is to the first one which is Larry wanted to know what are the two or three skills that take someone from being just okay at cunnilingus to being the most amazing pussy eater of all time? Hmm. Okay. It's skills. Uh, the first, which is usually bandied about often communication skills are an absolute necessity. Um, being able to listen to what your partner is saying, not just with their words, but with their body is extremely important. Mm -hmm. 
and also being able to communicate. If you have a cramp in your neck, like you're not doing what, like you're not gonna be able to do what I need you to do. So I need like if we need to turn, let's turn. But being able to communicate what your needs and what your uh, what your uh, limitations are as well is extremely important. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the first skill. Um, I guess the next skill would be a, the ability to use hands and mouth together. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, there are some people with vaginas who don't like hands. I love them right. uh, when I'm getting cunnilingus. I think it is absolutely wonderfully awesome for you to be focused. I, I Because my mind tends to run, I need an overwhelming amount of stimulation from time to time. Uh-huh. So when I have a whole lot of stuff going on, it's great, it's magnificent, and it can throw me over the edge where I spasm and, you know, wake the neighbors. <laughs> so some um, oral and manual dexterity, I think, is a very good skill. Uh, and it's not really a skill, but the third thing I would say is confidence. Uh-huh. Being confident in who you are and being confident enough in yourself that you're able to listen and take direction is uh-huh. extremely important. Just because you're used to eating pussy a certain way does not mean that every person that you encounter is going to want to have their pussy eaten that way. Yep. So being able to listen, being confident that you're still, you're not a bad lover. You just need to tailor your technique is extremely important. Great. So I hope Larry heard that. So we've got communication number one, which is most important, not only being able to listen, but being able to communicate. I can't tell you how often um, years and years ago, I felt uncomfortable telling somebody that I had a crick in my neck, (laughs) you know, because they didn't want to ruin their good time. Um, and of course, it becomes obvious at some point. And, um, and it does ruin everybody's good time if you're not able to communicate and also if you're not able to listen. I love the whole idea of somebody being able to use their hands and their mouth at the same time. And I have the comical image for me that comes to mind is can you pat your head and, and, and rub your belly at the same time? <laughs> some people actually doing those two things at once is almost impossible. So it's a skill. You can I know from personal experience. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and then I think confidence is actually, I do actually think confidence is a skill you can build. Um, you practice becoming confident. You, 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 you do that in part by um, boning up on the things that you're good at and by recognizing your positives. And the more that you recognize the things you're able to do, the more confident you usually feel. So that's great. And then Mary says, is it a deal breaker if someone says, I just don't eat pussy? Hmm. For me, it would be a deal breaker. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't think it's a deal breaker for everyone. I know some uh, people with vaginas who just don't like cunnilingus mm-hmm. and that's fine for them. For me, it is a deal breaker. Like I, I, I need your face in my crotch <laughs> in order for it to go forward. In order for our sexual or romantic relationship to go forward, I need your face in my crotch. So I think it varies from person to person. However, for me personally, it is, it, it, we're done. We are done. It's interesting because I do think more and more it's a deal breaker for women um, because we are becoming better able to ask for what we want. There's still quite a few women who find it very difficult to ask for what they want. And we mentioned men who, who 
were taught that it's a nasty thing and don't do it. But there's actually quite a few women who were taught it's a nasty thing, not, oh, eating pussy is nasty. You shouldn't do it. It's, oh, you shouldn't let anybody touch you like that. Yeah. And there's yeah, that's for sure. And some of it's cultural, I think, but there's a whole generation of women who were told that's wrong and don't let men do that. Um, and so, you know, it might be a deal breaker for a man as well. If he's, if he's told, I don't like that. Don't, don't come near me. They might also feel that's it. We can't go forward. Yeah. And I think um, we also need to, to, to recognize that there are people who have vaginas who aren't women. Yes. So they may be experiencing body dysphoria and just not want you to touch uh, their vagina. And that's okay. Like, it might be a deal breaker for them. Like they just don't want you to touch it at all. So, I mean, it, it varies from person to person. But Absolutely. And I think that's an, actually, a real, it, it's really important to highlight um, that, you know, not everyone who is, who has a vagina, who was born biologically female identifies as female. And quite a few yeah, uh, who are interested. I'm a demi-femme. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I do not, I don't identify as a woman. I identify as a demi-girl or I'll call myself a demi-femme. So I have a vagina, but I don't, you know, sit, situate myself in womanhood because that's not my feeling of my experience and what I have attachment to. Right. I have a vagina though. And I love for people to, I love for people. I like to touch it. So. Right. But there, but as you were saying earlier, I mean, there are, there are people who have vaginas who do not want them touched. Yeah. Under no circumstances. And so then you would be having a different conversation about what's enjoyable, which of course brings us back to why it's so terribly important that you communicate well and that you yeah. communicate yeah. preferably before you get into the bedroom. Yeah, I mean, that's that can be a whole nother set of foreplay that I think people don't think to take advantage of. Uh-huh. Uh, what do you like? What, what don't you like? Do you like fast? Do you like slow? Do you like mm-hmm. cunnilingus? Do you like fellatio? You know, all of those things can kind of lead up to these moments that can be explosive because you're thinking about what he what he or she or they are going to do to your vagina all day. Yep. Yep. And so that becomes, as you say, intense foreplay. And by the time you actually do get into the, the bedroom, it's fireworks from the word go. Um, yeah. So we are coming fairly close to the end of the show. Uh, I wanted to ask you if there's anything in terms of what you do and the astrology that you do that you would like to um, share with the listeners because you think it might be of use for them. Uh, yes, uh, I am actually giving consultations and I do astrology and I'm actually giving consultations that actually help people to explore uh, the feminine and masculine archetypes in their own personal natal or birth chart. So, you know, it's not gendered where you're a woman and you have to align with the feminine or a man, and you have to align with the masculine. But it's definitely about finding those archetypes that are within your sign, that are within your chart figuring out where they are and how they can be expressed in a way that empowers you. So definitely I'm I'm interested in sharing this with people. That sounds great. Um, How can people get a hold of you if they're interested in consulting you? Uh, Yes. My website is www.divedeepastrology.com. 
you can also catch me on Facebook at www.facebook.com forward slash dive deep astro. Uh, send me a line. You can send me a line through either way there. And I do over the phone and also in-person consultations. So you don't have to be where I am in order for me to go ahead and uh, give you a consultation. That's fantastic. Now I'm going to spell it out for the listeners because I've learned that I need to do this. So it's www.divedeepastrologycom Got it. Thank you so much for joining me today, Dana. And thank all of you for listening. I hope that you take some of the tips back into your relationships. Keep your communication skills sharp. Try and learn how to do two things at once. Use your hands and your mouth both at the same time and work on your confidence. I'm Dr. Lori Beth. I'm an intimacy coach and a psychologist. And I hope that I will see you next week on the A to Z of sex, where we will be looking at the letter D. Thanks very much for joining me. Bye-bye. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in. You were just listening to the A to Z of sex. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a review here on iTunes and make sure you head over to www.com. A to Z of sex.com. That's A T O Z O F S E X. To subscribe to my free newsletter to help you keep your sex life sizzling. Stay tuned for upcoming weekly episodes as we work our way through the sexual alphabet to discover the wide world of sex, sexuality, desire, and intimacy. Knowledge gives you the power to create relationships that bring you satisfaction and joy. Hope to see you next week.